I feel like our group is very England dominant because it is. Uh, even I like cheer for England when I hang out with you guys and watch games because I'm like I just have to. I have to. By the way, are you you're Mon- were you were you the Montreal or Toronto? Yes. Who know who you Montreal for? baby? Let's oh, go. Okay. So so put it in soccer context. Coming down from three oh. one in a bet. What is that? Okay, mean? boys. All right. All right. All right. Open wide for some soccer. Okay. So let's say it's it's England Sweden. England, Sweden in the Euro, in the World Cup, and and England goes up two nil. Okay, over the course of like a game, it's hard to kind of compare. But it's like if Sweden beat England um, after England was up two nil in, in the game. So it's like first half, England's two nil, done and dusted. Sweden's dead, and then Sweden just rolls back. But the, it's because of like the disparity in the two teams was so high. Oh, okay. So you guys were like big underdogs. Like. Yeah, yeah, huge. I think we were the biggest under. Well, Montreal is the worst team that made the playoffs. And I think they were the biggest underdogs of any of the series. And Toronto was up 3-1. You have to win four games, right? Yeah. So, and the only reason Montreal won the first game is because Tavares, who's Toronto's like third best player, got knocked out like five minutes in, stupidly. So you guys took him out on purpose. That's how. No, no, it was completely well, accidental. It was completely accidental. Yeah, yeah, mate, mate, but it was he like it, good, it looked so. like he died. It looked like he died on the ice. Like it was bad. Oh, these things happen in sports. These, so, exactly, hundred uh, percent. So Toronto was like emotionally shaken. Your guy in Montreal did a fucking Ramos on Salah, basically. Basically, so Rudiger yeah. on De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah. done. Yeah, that's what you got to do. So, on De Bruyne. <laughs> and then and then also also in in hockey, or basketball, or any of these sports that have like the series like that. Once, once you you're at like three one or three nothing, like the odds of coming back are just like historically it like barely happens. The other great thing about it is that Toronto is just historically just, especially recently, they just are chokers. I don't know if there's a soccer comp- if there's honestly I don't yeah, know if England, Spurs. England Spurs England yes Spurs Spursy. You're saying that the Leafs are Spursy, Spursy but like worse, <laughs> like like worse. So that Tav- that Tavares guy's Harry Kane basically is a bottle job. Pretty much. Yeah, Pretty much. Matthews, yeah, Matthews and Marner, Harry Kane. I yeah, that's a good comparison. So put it in soccer terms, it's them down two nil against like uh, the favorites, and then you come back three two in the second half. And that's a bit of a cliche, and it's easy to call uh, sports people bottle jobs when they when they fail. But and that that's the impression I got. Like, what was it that Alan Hansen said? You can't win anything with kids. The kids, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they are the the, the Leafs, just a, a a young team that just didn't have the bottle when it. Oh, mattered. they got kids on there yeah, too. Yeah, it's all yeah. young. Oh, so they're going to be yeah. back next year, then, aren't they? Yeah, that's the thing oh, with them. Okay. Like they're they're really <laughs> yeah. good, and they should have destroyed Montreal. Like, and them, and Montreal is also playing like shit. It wasn't even like they were playing better. Game five and six both went to overtime, and extra and it time. Was, yeah, both went to extra time, and it was like it was like if the first game that went to extra time, it was like if. If um with some random Liverpool winger Shakiri, it was one. like if yeah, Shakiri right, was yeah. on was out there and he he gave the ball away to Benteke and then Benteke and uh, Zaha were in like it was basically like a like a, a Cristambul play where like they just gave it away and then and then <laughs> Palace who's Montreal went in on like a two on zero and scored and won the game in a minute so fluky and then the same thing happened again in the next game where like some dumb defender. So I don't know who's living. Is it is it a Steven Gerrard slip to Denver Bar? Is that what you're saying? Two, yeah, two it was, yeah, in a row. It was like a Gerrard slip two in a, twice in a row. Where it was just like <laughs> like who's Liverpool's like fifth left back or third choice left back? Well, we'll do Re- do Reese Williams. Yeah, Reese Williams, That's the fifth choice center back. Yeah, yeah, Reese Williams or one of those one of those yeah. one of those guys. Just like instead of just like clearing it. Yeah. What do you do? He tried to be clever with the ball. Yeah, basically. yeah. He tried the, to be. He tried to do something. Yeah. He tried to do something, you know, make a nice play, make a fancy play, like pass into the middle. And again, Montreal's guy, uh, uh, in this case, with Jeff Schlupp, picked up the picked up the ball and and set up a goal. And then and then it went to Game Seven. And, and but that, that was in Toronto, Toronto, though, wasn't it? It was in Toronto. No, that game was in Montreal. Seven. Game uh, Game Seven oh, was in Toronto. Yeah. So game oh, in, yeah. So, so they, this is like okay. if Sweden walks into Wembley in the fucking semifinal and. <laughs> and wins and it's like what the hell 
but because it's Toronto and they've done this like every year for the past it's expected. five years, yeah. everyone here was kind of like knew what was going to happen. It was all mental. It was all mental. It's all mental. It's all mental. Yeah, exactly. Even Matt, exactly. they could be the shittiest team coming into Toronto. They knew they have yeah. psychological advantage. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see now. I get it. Exactly. I get it. <laughs> Thinking about it, it was uh, it's more like not a team like Spurs. It's more like Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> but Brendan, at least Brendan won a trophy, even though he did have a, you know yeah. what? Fucking hell. 12, what did he have last season before COVID? He had a 15-point lead. And you're like, there's no way. They're for, these guys are made Champions League. And then United caught up to him this season. I'm like, they've got an even better team, right? Yeah. They, Ian Acho's coming on. Uh, but, um, Madison Vardy, James Justin emerging. Ricardo Pereira. I'm like, fuck, no chance in hell they're going to bottle this one. Holy shit. Fuck it. Uh, you know what's crazy? It went to the last two minutes of the game, didn't it? Of the talking mm. game. The last game, Tottenham didn't even want to be there, and I was like, "Fuck it out." They, it was literally the last kick. It's just crazy, Tottenham. I mean, Leicester. That FA Cup, though. Listen, would you rather finish top four or win the FA Cup? That's the thing. It's uh, obviously Rogers. You can't do both with him. So, uh, <laughs> and I, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's hard to compare because in, in in football, there's so many more. Like hockey, it's the Stanley Cup, and that's it, right? Like, there's no, there's it. no like, there's no cup. FA Cup, there's no FA Cup, there's no Champions League, there's none of this. There's, it's just the Stanley Cup or bust. And Toronto, it, the Maple Leafs are Man United, they are Man City, they are Chelsea, they are the biggest market. They're they have the best but, players, and yet they can't get over the hump. Is it weird? Why can't they just do fucking thirty whatever thirty teams competing for the league? They should play they should, play one hundred and fifty games, play to the oh. three four times. And I don't, I don't know, but maybe whoever North finishes American first sports, wins, you know, they, North and maybe and maybe relegate a few of these shit teams and get, well, that's and get it. like, you because know, like this is the whole Super League conversation, right? Yeah, but like, is that they would strange never though that in, in North America? Like, why don't you just compete for a league? But they're they're the only league, right? Like, like unless it's tight up there, then because in the Prem you have like you have uh, other competitions, right? So it still matters deep into the season. Oh, I thought you were talking about relegating the teams. Like get another. Oh, team relegating from- would be great because I don't know. You need to punish. <laughs> yeah, to punish. punish the- Here's the thing, though. You know the shit, the shittiest team in the in the, in like the NFL. They get the best pick in the college thing, yeah. right? Same so thing. The with best college kid. Yeah. So I don't understand why you're rewarding teams that just want to finish shit on purpose. Because, you know, it's it's. Just- and that's the, how the Super League would be. This is why it's so bad. It's because it's there's no threat of there's no consequence for being shit and that's that's it like mm. that's what like that's how toronto got good it's how toronto got good it, oh so i see shit. so they got these they young guys they were purposely shitty for like five years also we're got, tanking they got tanking, austin right? matthews yeah. yeah austin matthews one of the best players in the league then they got mitch marner another one of the best players in the league then they go go and sign tavares with all their money basically buy like it's basically like man city buying halland like it's just adding another and uh, yet they still can't get over the hump of the psychological thing where it's like, we need to, we need to close it out. We need to beat these guys, kick these guys in the ground. So Nick, you're basically saying they got the Man City talent and the Tottenham mentality. I, I completely get it now. You just explained to me in five minutes exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs are. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm badly hurt. Welcome to Soccer Group Chat. Occasionally we go off topic. We have a new member of the show joining us for the first time. Uh, we hope that he's going to join us more. Uh, Simon, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. Hi there. Thank you. Um, I should have asked you before, but welcome to the show. So it's Yetru is Greek. Yetru. Oh, true. Uh, unfortunately, Greece did not make it into this year's Euros. 24 teams and you still couldn't make it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, no, glad to be here. I hope you're ready for my poorly informed, inconsistent, knee-jerk opinions. You'll fit right at home. My opinions are like that too. The only one, we ha- the only ones with fully formed opinions uh, we have are also on this episode. Nick Gill, Adrian, uh, boys. It's been a while since we've done a show. Uh, been a lot of hockey going on, but uh, let's just go around the table. If you have a rapid-fire topic that you want to talk about, uh, I have something I want to discuss. I know Nick Gill specifically is here for one reason. And one reason only. Yes, yes, sir. Right. There's only one issue to discuss, and his name is Pep Fraudiola. The manager. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, he's the Man City manager. 
And uh, this week, let's just say, it was probably the worst week of his managerial career because he got exposed. So let's start. Pep Guardiola, a.k.a. Fraudiola. Right, where do I start? Teams inherited. In his whole managerial career, he has managed Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Manchester City. This fucking piece of shit took over Barcelona when they had Leo Messi, Xavi, Iniesta, Puyo, and uh, Yaya Torre, Victor Valdez. He won, he won two Champions Leagues, credit to him, in four years. That, that, that's pretty good. I think they should have won more Champions Leagues as well in that four years. That was the golden generation. Then what he decides to do is quit like a bitch because he can't handle the Spanish press. So then he flees to Bayern Munich. The year that uh, in 2012, but 2013 season, Bayern Munich won the treble. He took over in 2013. So then he was supposed to compete with Jurgen Klopp. What, no, what he decides to do is steal Mario Gutze from him and trigger his release clause like a little bitch and sign Matt Hummels as well. And then the year after, he signs Lewandowski. He poaches them too. So, uh, and the one thing about Guardiola is when he was at Bayern Munich, they never won a Champions League. He messed up the system that Jupp Hecknes, whatever his name is, uh, developed. He got rid of Mandzukic, got rid of all these guys. Tony Kroos left. And he was there for three years. They never even made the final of the Champions League. Then he went to Manchester City. And uh, let's just say he spent £850 million to this present day. For, he inherited uh, Vincent Company, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero. The funny thing is, he, um, the, the, in his uh, six years, there, five years at Man City, the 14 out of 16 players he's most used are players he's inherited from the old regime. Yet he has spent 850 million pounds on top of that. All right. The, and the, so that's his spending and it's the, the teams that he's managed. Now let's go on to his tactics. The five seasons he's been at uh, in, the, in the Champions League, he's lost to Monaco, he's lost to Liverpool, he's lost to Tottenham, he's lost to Lyon, and then he lost in the final. Like this, the, the playing uh, the Champions League against Chelsea in the final, benching Rodri and Fernandinho in sixty in sixty out of sixty one games this season, he has played either Rodri or Fernandinho. But what Mr. Guardiola likes to do is mess everything up for the final. So he plays their leading goal scorer, Ika Gundogan, in center defensive mid. He takes out Yao Cancelo to bring on some, I don't even know what his name, Zinchenko from fucking Russia. Puts him there as well. And on top of that, he takes Phil Foden, who's, who's playing amazing on the left wing, and he plays Raheem Sterling in his position, who's been absolute dog shit. Last year against Leon. The, the whole season, he plays a back four, but in against, against Olympic Lyonnais. They're, they're not Barcelona. They're not Real Madrid. They're not Bayern Munich. He plays a back five, messes everything up. They get knocked out. This guy, then the season before, he lost to Tottenham. Pochettino spent zero pounds that season on that shitty Tottenham team, and he couldn't even beat them. This, then, uh, speaking of that, number four, arrogance. There's not... There's something with him and African players. They no, no one has a good word to say about him. Yaya Torre, Samuel Eto'o, his biggest haters. Ibrahimovic is another one. This guy, uh, Sergio Aguero's dad came out yesterday and said, this guy made Aguero leave. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want his players to be the star of the show. He wants to be his own star of the show. That's what he said about, uh, that's what Con Aguero's dad talked about Guardiola. I've never even heard Con Aguero's dad talk in 10 years when his son was played at Man City. That just shows you how pissed he off. Lothar Mateus, the German World Cup winner, said Guardiola stole the Champions League away from Manchester City. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a couple of quotes from uh, two guys. And um, what, what I want to know is, how come, why are we not talking about Pep Guardiola's job security at Manchester City? They fired Pellegrini and Mancini. They both had three years. They won a Premier League each. They won an FA Cup each. I think Pellegrini won a Carling Cup. Guardiola has won three Premier Leagues. If that's the criteria uh, for, for success, why was, why was Mancini and Pellegrini let go? That's what I'm struggling to understand here. They want the Champions League. They've spent £850 million, and he still can't deliver the, the Champions League. But why is the, uh, the chairman of Man City said, we're going to back Pep Guardiola with more signings in the summer? Name another manager in the world who has this level of freedom and comfort for keep failing. The Carling Cups, I'm pretty sure the Sheik or whatever his name is, didn't even know what the hell that competition is. The FA Cup, they don't want the FA Cup. I'm just, I'm just struggling to understand how Mr. Guardiola keeps getting away with failure year after year. And I'm done.
open the floor up to you boys. <laughs> I, I just want to quickly comment on that, uh, that anyone listening doesn't get to enjoy that Nick is speaking directly down to his cell phone while wearing <laughs> aviator sunglasses and a baseball cap. It's a it's really a great hat, image. A- okay, yeah. Sorry, football hat. But but it I just enjoyed I enjoyed that visual to accompany the, uh, the tirade. Also, one other thing, and I think this was one of his biggest mistakes. In 2009, he led uh, Barcelona to the treble with Eto, Ori, and Leo Messi. What he decides to do is break up that front three, send Samuel Eto to Inter Milan, and also 60 million euros for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. What, what happened then is Barcelona got knocked out by Inter Milan, Samuel Eto helped, and Samuel Eto went on to win the treble for Inter Milan. And then that same year, Ibrahim, he sold Ibrahimovic to AC Milan. This guy, wherever he goes, he will always find a way to fuck the team chemistry up. He wants to, he wants to be the star of the show. He does in every club he goes to. At Bayern Munich, no, no club official, no player, they ha- don't have anything good to say about him. Mario Gutze said this guy's like the coldest person as well. And that's a World Cup winner. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a fraud, mate. He's a fucking fraud. That's, he, he, I would... Let's open the floor up here. Would Roy Hogson would would would, would Roy? <laughs> Ho- let, let's be honest. Would Sam Allardyce? Would Roy Hogson? Would Tony Pulis? Could you think they have a? Do you think they could win a Champions League for Manchester City with all the with a billion pounds? There's a hell of a lot to say here, so I'll try and <laughs> try to uh, just summarize it as best as I can. Right? I think I think there's no doubt that Guardiola is a dogmatic, obsessive um, coach who's very rigid in many ways um, to certain ideas, but very flexible um, tactically in other ways. Um, I, there's no doubt that he's managed very, very, very good teams in Barcelona and Bayern Munich. I mean, the, the Barcelona team with Iniesta, Messi and Xavi was just arguably the best team in history. Um, just a phenomenal team. Um, and again, Bayern, they've, without Guardiola, they've gone on to win, I think, six in a row without him. So he's obviously... And, and Man City had already won under Pellegrini. And I think you mentioned it already. Pellegrini and um, Mancini. So, so they, I'm sure if they had brought in another manager, they would have won too. Um, so, I, yes, there is definitely question marks over that. Although, I, I, I guess... Perhaps this idea that he's some kind of genius, some kind of revolutionary coach is probably overbaking things a little. But there's no doubt at the same time that he has a very, very good footballing brain and gets his teams to like play very, very dominant um, football that crushes the opposition into submission at times. You can't, yeah. You can't look past the fact that he's um, he's at City spent. I mean, he hasn't actually. They haven't actually spent money on like one or two huge signings. But every single signing they make is a minimum of like 30, 40 million each time. It's uh, yeah. And the funny, the funny thing is, the La Liga president called uh, Manchester City uh, or uh, financial doping. And what the chairman said is, yeah, we don't have the top one, two, three, four transfers of all time, uh, like uh, Bale, Cristiano, all these guys. But no dipshit. You've got seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 45, and so on. Yeah, his average spending on a player is like 42 million pounds. It's, it's just, re- And the thing is, he's got the best squad in football. There's no doubt about it. Every position, yeah, like the, the, you could do Manchester City's back backups and they might win the league. They'll probably compete with City, like the backups on, on Manchester City. You talk about Jesus, you talk about Sterling, you talk about Ferran Torres, you talk about uh, Fernandinho, you talk about Bernard, like these guys. Like Ake, Ake, they paid 45 million for that, that moron. He doesn't even play. 45 million for Liverpool. We're like, Jesus Christ, we have to sell three players. It's a great 45 million to spend. You know what I mean? The way I think we can think about it is if you look at Ancelotti at Everton, right? Ancelotti at Everton is another coach who is arguably always given very good teams right he he had he had an incredible ac milan team he had an incredible real madrid team when they won uh, la decima um and now he moved to everton and he was probably the wrong coach uh, for that role in the sense that you know 
he he's he spent an entire career managing egos, managing very 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 good footballers. Whereas um, in Everton they needed something else. They needed somebody to kind of change things from the ground up. And I think it's interesting to point that out is because you start to ask a bigger question about how effective coaches are and the difference coaches make to like title winning or, you know, very good teams, right? Where, where is that line? That, that's funny you said that because I, I think you're letting Guardiola off the hook here. And as a Liverpool, a fellow Liverpool fan, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> all right. I thought he'd be kicking, uh, you know, kicking him down too. The thing about, the thing about Ancelotti is, like guys like Kakar and all these guys, like he developed them. And Kakar came; he he didn't uh, he didn't inherit these guys. Like uh, he didn't he 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 bought him from like guy like Kakar, bought him from Brazil, sent him over to Milan, developed him into a Ballon d'Or winner. He built teams up with Real Madrid. They didn't before he joined. They were like 15 years before they won a Champions League. He actually set up the base for Zidane to inherit that team to keep going on to win three more. It's uh, look what he did at Chelsea, Ancelotti. They fired Scolari, didn't they? And then he came in, won the double in the first year. It, it, hands down, Ancelotti's better than Guardiola. He, and the thing is, Ancelotti goes to teams out of his comfort zone. Guardiola, he goes to these Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester City. If you're that good, go go do it at fucking Arsenal. Go <laughs> go 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 build it up from Tottenham. Go to fucking uh, AC Milan now and build him up. Go to uh, you know what I mean. That's probably the true test of a coach. Exactly. But you'd never, you'd never get it with Guardiola because I don't think he never, he will never go out of his comfort zone. He always wants to be in control. The only wow, reason why he went to Man him. City, he, the only reason why I don't hate him, I'm just being factual. I'm just keeping it real. If you were keeping it real, Listen, you would say I, I hate I, him. But no, I also... no, no, no. I, I like Guardiola because there's one thing he did this season that no one really notices. He prevented Man United from winning the league. That's so. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's what. I, so I like the guy. I. Now, this whole genius, messiah, all this shit, let's cut the crap. But the one thing is uh, about Guardiola, he'll never go over his comfort zone. The only reason why he went to Man City is because the CEO of Manchester City was also the CEO when he went to Bar- was at Barca. So he, he, he wants to be with his guys. He won't, he won't go to like an Arsenal. He won't go to like a, a Lille. He won't develop a four-star team and make them into a five-star team like Klopp. Simeone built Atletico up from the ground up. You know, uh, even Mourinho, like I know you had, Ch- he built Porto from the ground up. I know he went to Chelsea with the cast, then you built Inter Milan from the ground up. So, like, is he, like, you can say, oh, he keeps winning these Premier Leagues, but why did they fire Mancini and Pellegrini? Oh, hold then? on, hold on. But, but one, like, you can't, I don't think you can fault him for not wanting to take a step down. I mean, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Mourinho started at, not at Porto, but, you know, in Portugal with smaller teams. And, like, Klopp started with, with Mainz and worked his way up to Dortmund and then worked his way up to yeah. Liverpool. So He's you can't blame someone set. for... Well, yeah, but, I mean, he also, like, he went around. I guess he did start at, like, the, the B team. Um, yeah, a little Busquets but, Pedro in the, in the team. He's blessed, yeah. with, he's blessed with incredible talent. The thing is, he's only won two Champions Leagues and he's won zero without Messi. So his stock keeps going down. Messi keeps going up because... He needs a why, and it just shows you how how shit of a manager is when they actually approached Messi to sign last well, year. Well, how many how many Champions League did Sir Alex Ferguson win? He won. He won two, but he won him two. two. He won yeah. two, right? He won completely yeah, I mean, oh, but he's the greatest manager ever. Like most, a lot of people would consider the the, be, the best British manager. Well, yeah, arguably, yeah. he arguably. he won. He, but thing is, he built that nine nine team up. Then they went down, and then they built it again. He he built again in like two thousand the mid two thousands with uh, Ronaldo and Tevez, right? Not, not Shrek. I'm not counting Shrek in that team. He's not either. But no, I'm just saying that Guardiola, he's been in his comfort zone the whole time. And listen, Manchester City, if any other manager was managing Manchester City, would they have been fired by now? Yes or no? Any other manager, Ancelotti, Guardiola, Mourinho, would this, would this Sheik fire him? Any other manager right now in five years? Man. Fifth year. I feel like I keep taking this because it's like interesting to talk about, but this isn't what we're supposed to talk about. So Nick's, Nick's just fucking taken over. Don't um, worry, you can delete some I shit. Think, <laughs> I think he, um, he is a fraud, though. Let's say, let's acknowledge it. I know. I think Simon's is, is much Listen, more reasonable of a point. Like you can, no, you no, can no, say things Simon, against Simon's him. Saying, like, Simon's saying, yeah, he's passionate. Yeah, we're all fucking passionate at the end of the day. Thing is, he, is he a genius? He's not fucking. Listen, he, he just likes to tinker with formations and play like a, a 3 6 1. I remember at Bayern, he played like a 3-3, three, three, a 3-3-1 three, three, or some shit. And I was like, mate, what he does, the biggest problem I have with him, he takes away the competition. 
this this fucking bitch signed Gutzer, Hummels, and Lewandowski from his biggest rival. No, that's just that's just what Bayern does, though. That's Bayern. He, he that was he Man U in the nineties. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to compete, though. This guy. As soon as Mourinho starts talking shit to him in Spain, he leaves. He flees in twenty twelve. Mourinho starts playing mind games with him. He's like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. He's a. It's a. And now with uh, with Liverpool, bro. If Alex Ferguson in his prime was against Guardiola, Guardiola would quit by now because Ferguson would wind him up. I think I think a good a good way to think about this is that you know go back to 2015 and Guardiola's available for Liverpool oh, and he takes off. a job. Oh. Does he reach the same level of success with Liverpool that Klopp has? With the with the sure money, that... with the money, with the money that Klopp has, like a third of the funds. No, I don't think he does. No way. So there, there undoubtedly that plays a part in the fact that he is always coaching kind of well-moneyed teams. We've been at this for 20 minutes and I don't think we're going to come to a consensus. I love the passion. Always love Nick Gill's unbridled passion. But to put this in a perspective that all of you guys will undoubtedly understand, Pep Guardiola is basically Mike Babcock, okay? He gets handed these great teams on these silver platters and comes up short all the time. So there you go. You want, he won a couple Stanley Cups, but again... They were with good team. And he couldn't get Toronto over yeah. the hump, which is uh, oh, there we go. Fraud. Which is basically Man City. Um, do you guys, Adrian, because I, I was going to talk about Nuno. I was going to talk about Zaha. I was going to say it's June, so the rumors have started. But after this rant, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Simon or Adrian, do you guys have a, a rapid a rapid fire topic that you want to get to before we dissect England? Uh, I got one. I'll just throw out. Uh, I saw a rumor that uh, Everton wanted Bruce, and God, I know it's not true, but I wish it were. <laughs> God, so... I, I I think Everton are strong contenders for like the Spursy title. Really, just a perennial like failures and jokes. Certainly, in the last 20, 30 years of top league football. Just the the idea, like on paper, it looks it looks absurd, doesn't it, to go from Ancelotti, well, maybe not Ancelotti to Bruce. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. Yeah, that would be <laughs> um, that'd be tragic. I love but, it. But even even Ancelotti to like even a good appointment, right? Even Ancelotti to Potter, which I think would be great for Everton. It just doesn't seem it doesn't feel right, does it? Who? It, it just uh, Graham Potter, Brighton's. Oh, right, that guy! Was he in talk? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell! All right. A... I, I would, I would think he was a really good appointment for Everton, but I think their bars a bit higher in terms of prestige. Simon, do you have a, a rapid fire topic of your own you want to throw out? Or well, it, I do, but it's more of an England topic, so I don't okay. know if he kind of so perfect, it. so perfect. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, Gareth Southgate, like yay or nay? I don't know, Gareth. Okay. <laughs> so, so this is a good way then to uh, uh, segue into the actual meat of the episode uh, so the Euros are coming up obviously uh, we have two uh, three uh, Englishmen on the podcast and then me for some reason I'm also here don't know why but uh, I'll just do what I've been doing this whole time and let you guys talk uh, we could talk about England uh, their squad announcement came down I think yesterday their final squad came out. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold sadly uh, is hurt, so he won't be going to Euros. But, you know, on paper, they have all the makings of a team that should win. Uh, but I just want to know, like, what you guys think. How, how uh, Simon, you brought up Gareth Southgate. Is he, is he the man for the job? Are they going to win? Are they going to do well? Are they going to choke? How is England going to do? So I think... It's uh, I learned today, uh, didn't know this before today, that it's England's youngest ever tournament team. And I know that the World Cup 2018 team was young, so that's a surprise. Although somehow, even though it's a younger team than three years ago, it's stacked with a lot more quality, isn't it? Because I think, I don't know what you, the perspective was here, but you know, going into the last World Cup with England, all the pressure was off. Everyone could enjoy it because no one gave them a hope in hell, which is why when they did kind of somehow get to the semis, it <laughs> was uh, pretty euphoric. But um, 
I, I don't know. They, 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 a, it's, they've got a very, very talented, like, top end in that team. Just, like, not a very good defence, funnily enough, but a very, very good, like, attacking lineup. And it's part of me is worried that they're being coached by Gareth Southgate, whose instinct, his, his instinct is constantly just, he's, he's a very defensively minded manager, right? I think, I think he, he learned the trade when, you know, Benitez, Mourinho, you know, flat back for uh, two, two lines of four defensive football was, was in fashion. And, um, and he's never really coached any teams that can play more expansive football. So I think giving Gareth Southgate, you know, the likes of Grealish, Foden, Kane, Sancho is probably a bit of a waste. But I hope I'm proven wrong. But I, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm, but then one last point, even though I'm skeptical of Gareth Southgate and his ability to coach these players, then you look at the last two, three years of his tenure and there's not a lot he could have done differently or even better. So perhaps it is a little unfair to criticise him until the end of this tournament. Adrian? Yeah, I think I'm kind of have that on the fence thing about Southgate as well, because I think there are some things that he's doing that are good ideas that were maybe lacking in the past. Like I like that he balances uh, form and consistency like he'll keep some people in the squad, even if they're not doing too well, just to sort of keep a team identity and like familiar faces, which I think is, is a good idea. And I feel like other countries like, like Italy seems to have done that in the past, like that kind of thing. And I think he's good for the culture of, of the team. I think he, from what I, the little I've seen of him in the press, like he always seems like calm and like, well, uh, well put together and, and good at addressing points. But yeah, tactically, he doesn't seem like super imaginative, seems kind of stuck in that defensive rut, which isn't the worst against, against some teams, but you need to break other teams down. So I guess this also goes back to something we may or may not cut, I don't know, about like how much difference does a manager make? And especially when you're a international manager, like how much can you stamp an identity on a team? How much can you make someone play a certain way? Um, rather than just like keep the characters together and and keep everyone happy and focused. Nick L, thoughts on Southgate? Yeah, spe- spe- speaking of managers though, like uh, France, they got another. <laughs> I'm not going to talk shit about it. Didier Deschamps, World Cup winner. Joachim Lowe, Germany, World Cup winner. Fernando Santos, Portugal, Euro winner. Mancini, winner. Luis Enrico, Spain, Champions League treble winner with Barca. Then you look at our manager, you're like. <laughs> well, I mean, the, oh. it, it, no, you're right, Adrian. It is the it is the manager because this guy. Listen, I don't want to hate on him, but he's out of his depth here. The, like his job experience, he managed Middlesbrough. They got relegated 0809. Then he takes over the under twenty one setup. He got bounced out. He, I think it was the last, uh, not the not this last one, uh, four years ago, group stage. The one the the the, the one before that, the the other uh, Euro under twenty one. We didn't win it. I think we got bounced out in the quarterfinals. He's, how did the hell is he in this job? Hey, how is he in the, It's just a wealth of talent that England have. Of course, he's going to finish first in the group stage for qualifying for the Euros, right? But the thing is, he, I think he's out of his But who would, you, who would you put in his place? I mean, I know that I, well, for one, thing. would put Steve yeah. Bruce in the England <laughs> job. But, but who would you put, Nick? Well, I would, I would take the specialist in failure, that Frenchman. I would, I, no, I would, I would love take, I, no, I would take Arsene Wenger. I would love yeah. Wenger too. I would take Wenger. But listen, if you want to manage these big boys, these big egos, you need a bit. You need a big time manager. Someone, Arsene Wenger. He's just fucking sitting in the uh, in the studio doing these toys. He should be out coaching. You know, anyone, anyone with experience. I know we tried with Capello, but that that was the wrong team. But now you get a foreign man. I know England are the only ones who hire foreign managers like Sven. <laughs> uh, and uh, but no, I think we need a bit. Gareth Southgate doesn't know how to. Work. It's easy to forget that. He comes into the job after the Allardyce debacle, right? Is that have I got the timeline right? right oh, so, Allardyce! I thought it was so I don't yeah. think Southgate was ever a long-term option. The thing that made him a long-term option was a very surprising World Cup 2018 run. That's the, otherwise, I think he would have been out of the job 
Mate, you know, if, oh, Simon, Simon, that's not surprising, mate. You have to play uh, in the round of 16, you play Colombia without Hamas Rodriguez, for fuck's sake. Then you play Sweden. And if I made it, if you made a deal with anyone to get into the World Cup final, all you have to do is beat Croatia. All right. Uh, fucking, it should, it's the easiest route to the final I've ever seen since 1930, since the World Cup started. It was a, it was a gift for him on a, and he, and he still screwed well, it. Yeah, and he still screwed and, it. And that's my, my worry is that that first game against Croatia, he's going to start Henderson and Rice. And there's going to be an absolute chasm between the midfield and the forward line. And it's just going to be 90 minutes of dreadful, disappointing football. But I, I really hope... You know what? I don't understand how Declan... Listen, the last guy who publicly praised Declan Rice got fired in January, Frank Lampard. He, he loves this guy. And Chelsea are like, we're not paying 85 million for this guy. And he's like, no, 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 I want, I want Declan Rice. I don't even know what the hell's special about him. I really don't. All he does is fucking run up and down the pitch like an idiot oh. and, uh, and, and miss penalties. That's you what got, he does. You guys seem worried. Uh, England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. I mean, as an outsider, as someone who isn't necessarily pulling for England, it seems like an easy enough group. But do you think there's a chance that uh, something can go awry if uh, Southgate's setup isn't ideal? And following up on that, how would you, how would you set up the team? Nick, the funny thing is, even if he screws up and loses the first two games and wins the third one, uh, he'll get in by a third place group now, the cowards way. But uh, yeah, listen, I, I don't even want to talk about the defense. It depresses me. But I'm just going to name my mid and, and the forward, uh, the front line. I would have Foden left wing, Kane striker, Mason Mount right wing. And then I would have, um, oh, fuck, it's, it's difficult. I, would, I, would, I don't want Declan Rice, but he's going to pick him. So it's basically but what I want. I'd rather have Calvin Phillips there, Henderson. And um and Grealish, that's the front. That's the that's the six right there. Four three three. That's funny. He's got because he's got Mount as a midfielder and he's got Grealish as a winger. So you would flip it. Yeah, Mason Mount's been playing Chelsea right wing. That's his best position. Foden left wing. That's his best position at City. They cut in. They have that free roam. They can. Uh, that, that's what they're. I don't want to see the Rashfords. I don't want to see the the Sterlings. I don't want to see Sancho's and all them. Sancho had an all right year. Rashford and Sterling being shit. Yeah, go by form. Go by, yeah, go by I, form. Mason Mann and Foden played in the Champions League final for Christ's sake. They were great form. I think um, if I would love to see 4 2 3 1. Um, so uh, who's at the back? Um, we can't be Trent now. So James, oh, God. Don't, don't even name the back. Don't James, the back. <laughs> uh, James Stones, Maguire, sure. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, a double <laughs> pivot of Rice and uh, Bellingham. And then three behind Kane in Grealish, Foden, Sancho. What about left back? Sure. Fat fuck sure, sure or the other sure, one? Sure, sure, Fucking hell, that's two Man United guys you've got in that team. <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I mean, Chil- also, Chilwell's better. Sure. With Maguire, though, it's like if he's – because Stones had a good year with Man City, but if he doesn't have someone next to him that can – hold his hand <laughs> like what's gonna happen like, like it's so worrying and it's like who's next like connor cody yeah, cody or mings <laughs> that's it mings. or mings that's it cody who cannot defend um on a, in a one-on-one or physically in any way and then mings who is just a thug i did he's, he's an accident did you see happened, did you makes... see his uh collision i'll call it a collision with one of the austria forwards last night Almost decapitates him off the ball. He does have the habit of standing on people with his studs yeah, up. He's just, he did yeah, it. He did it with Ibra. He did it with Ibrahimovic on his um. But he like got his studs and went on the side of his head. And I've been a fan ever since. <laughs> but yeah, Connor Cody though, fifty-three goals by the way, he conceded for Wolves this season. Fifty-three. He's bad. He's bad. It's going to be an interesting group uh, because I mean. Uh, I picked Croatia to get to the World Cup final in 2018, and I think they have a relatively similar squad. So they're always Did you? Good. they're always good. Yeah, they're, my my pick was Croatia Brazil, and it was the Whoa. it was the most oh my it was the most uh, I didn't bet on it, but it was the most weirdly prognosticated pick ever. Uh, and it ended and up Brazil lost out. in the semis, didn't they? They lost in yeah. the semis, didn't they? Wow. Uh, and then Czech Republic. I feel like you know people don't really talk about that much as a, a, a football country, but they've got. You know, those two West Ham players are good. They have some other strong players in their squad. And then Scotland, that's going to be an interesting one. But, I mean, everyone is, you know, England on paper should win the group. 
right? England on paper has a chance to win the entire thing just based on talent. But who in your guys' mind is the X factor of the England team? Who is going to have to step up and, and perform the best if, if they're going to do what, they're, what they should? Well, is this is this my team or Gareth Southgate's team? Because yeah. <laughs> if it's Gareth Southgate's team, then you've got to hope that Sterling picks up form um, and has a good oh, tournament. Fuck, he ain't got anyone in that team, Simon. Wait, I, oh no, I, I I have a feeling that Southgate picks between Rashford or Sterling. Um, to fuck, to, I do. <laughs> I I don't think he's starting Grealish. I think actually Rashford. Come to think of it, who hasn't had a great end to the season anyway so suddenly you've got to expect Rashford to pick up form and you've got to hope that Kane is um is healthy and you know his ankles don't snap like they do five times a season so who's the guy then who's the guy you think Simon who's the one guy in a perfect world I think uh Grealish uh comes on one game dominates wins a starting position and carries England to a World Cup final. <laughs> Euro, oh, Euro, Euro. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, Euros. Sorry, Euros. Simon's been having too many That dreams. much momentum. Fuck you now. <laughs> uh, Adrian, who is your Three Lions X Factor? I, I mean, like, uh, I think the boring answer, but yeah, like to me, I think, well, like Kane's got to be on because he's, he's the biggest threat. He's also like, you know, the best playmaker, more or less. Yeah, he is. So, so he's... <laughs> You know, and, and then you have him against uh, like when when he was playing against Colombia, like he was he's practically playing midfield. He's just desperate to try and get something going. So although Kane is like the main guy like that, you also need someone else producing. So Kane doesn't have to do that. Um, but then also, like I said, like if Maguire's not fit, like I think <laughs> I think like, you know, big trouble there because I don't know who would be the best to start alongside Stones, who I think kind of has to start. Um, but I mean, the, the key player is Kane and, uh, Nick Gill, your X factor. It's that fucking, it's that Everton goal, isn't it? Like, I'm not even mentioning, I'm not going to say his name. No, I think, uh, I think England, honestly, if in these knockout games, it's going to be very, very close. And I think England have the talent to win these games, but it's about that idiot who's, uh, who for, I think for the two years in a row has had the most errors in the Premier League and we've got him and De Gea. They're both up for it every year. They compete for most number of errors. It's up to that idiot. If he does, if he just, you know, just does his normal job, and uh, and I, no, honestly, it might even come down to penalties as well. So uh, I think he, I think Pickford's the X factor. One of the one of the most hilarious things about that game last night is that Ben Godfrey comes on, and within five minutes, Ben Godfrey and Jordan Pickford show that they have the least amount of understanding between anyone on the pitch, despite the fact that they've played together an entire season in the Premier League. Dumb and dumber, right? I was going to, yeah, I was going to go with uh, a keeper as well, because you look at the England team and then, you know, you you get to the goalkeeping section. You're like, oh, all right. Uh, Pickford, Henderson, and uh, Sam Johnstone. I mean, I feel like it leaves a lot to be desired, especially when you compare it to the, the number ones, on all, all the other top teams like france is rolling out loris you got neuer germany um whoever spain's rolling out Rui patricio on portugal de gea i guess would be would be there for spain's and then so uh maybe there's a little bit of a drop off but for me the x factor i guess maybe not the x factor but who i'm most excited to see is 1a sancho and 1b bellingham because the other guys we all know right we all know what they could do uh southgate presumably knows what they could do but we hear so much about Sancho and, you know, I don't watch too much Bundesliga. Yeah, I was going to say, has anyone ever watched these guys' lives? And, and <laughs> Sancho is always linked with these big money moves. And there's so much talk that he's he's the next, you know, big thing. And, you know, personally, I would love it if if he, you know, did what Simon said about Grealish. And maybe he doesn't start in the first game, but maybe he comes on at, you know, and, and and scores a goal, or maybe he starts in the second game and, and scores and takes over and, and kind of carries them because uh, that's something I would love to see. And I think England's going to need something like that. I think, look, I know it's hard, really hard to quantify ceilings when you talk about ceilings, but I think of all the England players right now, Sancho looks like he's got the most potential. 
he he looks like a phenomenal player. By the way, one one thing, FYI, uh, Jaden Sancho left Man City because of Pep Guardiola. Just saying. <laughs> He let a hundred million pound talent leave because he wouldn't play him. I have one more England related question for you guys. So there, I think they're the betting favorites to win or they're either first or second. I think France is probably first. Yeah. Benzema swayed the odds. If England, (laughs) uh, if England is going to win the tournament, what has to go right? And on the flip side of that, what can't go wrong? Uh, Adrian, we'll start with you. I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to imagine that they, they'd win. Like, I mean, they've got some good attacking talent, but I, I don't see it. Yeah, I think, I guess, like, Kane would be on form. Uh, I think Henderson and Maguire need to be fit. I thought you were going to say the opposite about Maguire not being fit. <laughs> no, because I, I think, you know, you just need a big physical slab head in there to jump. He did for, have a good stone. He did have a good World Cup. I'll give him credit. He did have a good Yeah, World he World did. Cup. He did. And then, and then, yeah, what can't go wrong? Like, you can just see where these mistakes would come in. Like, Pickford's a mistake waiting to happen. Like, Mings is a mistake. Uh, uh, the, mid, the midfield isn't as deep as you would want it as, as much as there are some very talented players in there. Uh, it, it drops off. So, I guess, like, fitness, uh, goal-scoring form, and uh, tidy, tidiness. Oh, it's Stone's mistake. Sorry, can't leave that out. That's likely to happen. <laughs> He's clean, doesn't really. Um, Simon, what do you think? I think uh, for England to win, uh, we need some of those at- attackers on the wings to have a very good tournament. And uh, what can't happen is just the same turgid, scared England performances in which they kind of struggle to break down um, opponents um, the midfield. I mean, I I am worried about that midfield without Bellingham because it's there's no creativity in there whatsoever. And I I do agree with Nick to a certain extent that <laughs> that um, I Guardiola's that, that, that Declan Rice. I I've not seen every time I've seen him play this season. I've struggled to kind of perhaps understand the hype because I don't think he's. I mean, he's certainly not that creative. Um, he can ball carry, whatever. But yeah, I'm worried about that midfield. But so then, that's kind of why I want. Be- I'll tell you what. Then, <laughs> what can help England win this damn trophy? I'll change my answer to Bellingham. Bellingham in that central midfield and having like a breakthrough tournament. It's happened to 17, 18 year olds before. Why can't it happen to him? Love it, uh, Nick Gill. Oh, would I be surprised if England win? No, I, don't, I think they can win. I actually think they can win. Just don't listen to Southgate. Just do your own thing for all these players. You know, you know what's funny, though? The, the Champions League final, how many England internationals are in this one? Four or five, right? James, Foden, Mount, Chilwell, uh, Sterling, if you if you get picked. Look, look at Henderson and Kane and uh, um, Trippett. These guys played in Champions League finals two and a half years ago, didn't they? Um, so these guys, and that's what I measure, like, success. These guys have been playing in the biggest game in club football. So they would it be a surprise if they make the Euros? No, they got the experience now. The only thing though is Southgate being Southgate. He's a I don't remember. I don't know if you guys remember. Remember the Croatia game when we were up, when we were up one was it one nil, right? And um, Croatia started to have more of the ball in the second half. This idiot didn't change a thing. And what happened? The um, they crossed it from the right back, and uh, Perisic got in behind Kyle Walker, and one one. He didn't do anything until extra time. That they, they, it's just like change it up. If the you know what I mean. But hopefully Southgate's learned and stuff. But I won't be surprised if England win it. I think they we got amazing talent. It's just to, as long as the defense and the goalie don't fuck up. Yeah, uh, just let the mid let the midfield and the forwards do their thing. But I don't want to see San. I don't I don't know anything about Sancho. I've never watched a Bundesliga game. All right, <laughs> Bellingham. I take Simon's word if he's the next fucking Gerald. All right, whatever. But um, I don't want to see Sterling. I don't want to see Rashford. I don't want to see these guys. I don't. You know, I want to see I want to see Foden and Mount on the wings. I want to see some creativity. Grealish has to play as well. That's the foot. Play a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, Declan Rice. Listen, I think Declan Rice should be playing centre-back. I think that's his be- I think that's his position. Like, uh, and then play. Henderson has to play, though. We need his leadership. So, uh, no, I think Chilwell, Chilwell, he's, Chilwell and James. These guys, they did it. I think Chelsea conceded four goals in 13 Champions League games this season. I think it's the best defensive record since the uh, competition started. So, yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think we can do it. But there's a lot, a lot of things that need to go right. 
What do you think, Nick? Man, I think they have to at some point. At some point, this this group of players has to break through. And at some point, Southgate has to prove something. And just all over the field, maybe they, like I said, they have a little bit of a, a, a soft spot and goal. Uh, maybe their center backs leave a little bit to be desired. But, I mean, on paper, they should pummel they should pummel most teams. Should they not? They have, you know, their players play on the best teams in the world. They play in the best setups in the world. They just have to come together. And I think, I think, you know, it's, it's all like Harry Kane's going to have to have a big tournament. Uh, Like Simon said, he can't get hurt. He has to do a lot. (laughs) He's going to have to do a lot. And I think too, you know, there's a lot of parallels with the Leafs. It's between the ears for, for, for these guys, right? It's mentally they're mentally it's weak. mental there's a lot of mental they need to find that killer instinct and you know maybe the the world cup maybe their run a few years ago maybe that was a little bit unexpected because they were still a bit younger and still growing and the fact that they got that far and got that experience and now they understand what it's like to get so far and lose uh hopefully they can kind of channel that and get over the hump because I don't know how the bracket works, but I want to see an England-France final. You know, I think I, oh, was, God. I well, <laughs> if that doesn't work, then I want to see an England, England, Portugal, or or you know, like that, um, uh, we watch these players so much, and and it's a golden generation, and people tell me, oh, Belgium's golden generation, but this is is even better. I think this the, just the amount of talent on the squad, the fact that we you know there's four of us here, and we have four different starting 11s, each of which could could win a tournament on its own says so yeah. much can about I, the level of talent in the squad. Can I just make a small point about golden generations? I was looking at this the other day. I was looking at this other day. So England's golden generation of you know Gerard Lampard, Skulls, Rooney, whatever Owen. But then I saw I saw the I saw a four four two that they played I think in two thousand and six or I can't oh, maybe two thousand six and the golden generation midfield four was lit, genuinely uh, Skulls, Lampard, Gerrard, uh, uh, yes, uh, sorry, um, S- Skulls, Lampard, Joe Cole, Skulls, Lampard, Gerrard. That was the midfield four. And wow. you think, how? <laughs> no, but like, in terms of balance yeah. and shape, no wonder they lost. Terribly <laughs> no, balanced midfield four. Wasn't Hargreaves there too? Owen no, but it's like there's no protection for the back four in that midfield. But the it's thing is, Simon, so we, had, we had John Terry and Rio. We had John Terry and Rio. They don't need protection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but at the same time, it's like those are the teams that win it are the teams the that sports. you know they have one or two guys who who seem mediocre, but then they then they just like they pull something out or they take it to the next level. What was that guy um, in Spain from in like 2008? Marcos Senna. 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 Marco Senna. Senna. Did the dirty work. Yeah, he was like, he was, yeah, exactly. He did the dirty work. He was a, a rock that tournament. And he was like, uh, yeah, brilliant. but he was like a hero after that tournament. He was born in Brazil. He was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe he was good. And I just like, don't know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was okay. He was good. He was, but yeah, I don't I mean, so I wouldn't, yeah, uh, golden generation. Hey, quick question. Who's taking Trent's spot then? James. Where, who, who do you want? Who do you want to come back into the team now? James. But I think he was going to play. I think James was going to start anyway. I don't think Trent was starting. Do you talk about James Ward? No, no. Um, oh, sorry. We, there's a spot open now. No. A roster spot open now, isn't there? So who's coming? But who's? Yeah, the, the squad. Yeah, who do you mean, think? Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd say Lingard. There's uh, Rams. That, well, fuck Rams. So Ward, Prowse, Lingard, Greenwood. Greenwood's injured, little bitch. Ben White, Godfrey, or Watkins. I don't want to see Ward Prowse anywhere near this England team. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, so I, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm well, you're not, not signing an autograph for you in England. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not a fan. He's just. I mean, fair enough. His his set piece ability is great, but I I wouldn't trust. You know, crunch time against France in the quarterfinal. James Ward Prowse. No, thank you. Mate, we call him Janinho Bortas. <laughs> He's the best free kick taker nah, in the world. Like, yeah, but you'll, what you gain from possible set pieces, you'll, you'll lose in that midfield. Just no thank you. The, the thing is, the thing is with the roster, who's going to take the set pieces? Harry Kane? <laughs> I hope not. I mean, come on. N'Golo Kante versus James Ward-Prowse. I, th- I like Ward-Prowse. Uh, Adrian, Nick, what do you think? <laughs> I, th- I don't know. Because I, I think you need another midfielder. 
but yeah, I also am not sure about James Ward Prowse. So part of me is like, really? well, maybe Lingard, even though I feel like it was annoying in the last, you know, tournament where he kept playing Lingard and Alley, and neither of those guys are actually midfielders. <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, like yeah, we don't have proper midfielders except for Hendo. Um, but I think, uh, I don't know. So I, I'd still take Lingard, I guess. Messi Lingard, right? Or Jesse Lingard, his twin. Yeah, just to, you know, just for the gram. Just keep everyone I mean, happy. About, um, after Kane, in those last 13 games, he had the most goals and assists. Yeah, that's yeah, Messi. That's Messi Lingard. Jesse was that man United. I would just take another centre back to be safe. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, uh, I mean, that's not. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see Lingard, but I also like Ward Prowse too. I love Ward Prowse. He's, ah. he's solid and, and great at set pieces. And I mean, even, so we've got two Ward Prowse guys and two yeah. Lingard. Uh, two, uh, uh, I love oh, Lingard. Southampton, and, um, Southampton had an absolutely dreadful end to that season that Ward Prowse played mm. every single minute of. He was just, they were just, Southampton were poor. He didn't particularly play well. In I think, I, I think the, his set piece abilities doing a lot of, like, of the uh, water carrying for his uh, reputation. If you put Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips on Southampton, are they still losing every game? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I like Southampton, it. they got I, the 40 points and they shut off. That's like Palace. Yeah, Once yeah. you get you hit the, the Palace you formula, do, baby. Fucking Pogba does it every year before the big uh, World Cup of Euros. He takes the, the last two months off. That's uh, I know I love Ward Prowse. His set pieces. Listen, 90th minute. We, we need a war, we need a goal from a free kick. Ward Prowse is your guy. All right, 100%. You guys want to quickly go through each of England's group games and just predict the score before we uh, put a th- uh, uh, I was I don't I just put a bow on it. <laughs> I was thinking of some English thing, but Adrian, this is your cup of tea. There we go. That's my reference. Let's quickly just go through the England games then and just get get your prediction. Uh, the first game that they have is June thirteenth, and it is England and Croatia. So let's uh, let's start with Nick Hill. No, no. All right, Simon, what do you think? One, one. And Nick? Oh, man. Uh, England is going to be looking for revenge. Uh, they're going to come out look, uh, trying to avenge that World Cup loss, but they're not going to get it done. I think it's going to be 2-2, though. Uh, I was going to I was gonna say something like 1-1 one, one or nil-nil because I think no one's going to want to lose ground. They know that this is like the other bigger team in the group. So I'm just going to say 1-0 for England. You know, be optimistic. Nice. The one who was least least uh, yeah. positive about them being able to win. Okay, next it's uh, England Scotland. Uh one nil England. Ward Prowse. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think uh, that's going to be a relatively comfortable two nil to England. Yeah, I was going to say like I think that's that's the game that's probably the most intriguing. Well, just based on all the outside factors uh, and, and the two countries rivalry. Uh, but I think England's just going to romp. Uh, I'm going to go three, one. England will, will ship, will ship their, their neighbors a goal just for good measure. Yeah. I think someone's going to fuck up and two, one England win. <laughs> uh, but second, second game in the group, important one to win. And then the last one, it is England versus Czechia, as they like to be called these days. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, I'm swearing towards the draw as well. Score draw, 1-1. One, one. Despite the fact that I like uh, the two West Ham players that uh, Czech Republic or Czechia are rolling out there, I, I, I think that, that England, I think England's going to just going to win again. Uh, I have confidence. I think my confidence might be a little bit too... I might be too overconfident. Maybe it's a little bit misplaced, but I think it's going to be 2-0 and England is going to comfortably uh, win the group. Jeez, Nick, you've got England scoring seven goals in, in qualifying. How many have I got, Adrian? Uh, you've had them scoring one goal. <laughs> you have James Ward-Prowse point. scoring one goal. Five points from three games. That's how tight it and you have And you have Jordan Pickford with three clean sheets. Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice protecting the back four already. Right. We're at opposite ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, I'm going to just go with Simon and say it's a 1-1. See, ask me this. Well, I, uh, 
next week we'll do the other groups and uh, ask me about Italy and I'll probably have a Nick Gill response. So. On, on Mancini. It's a lot easier to be confident about a team that you don't like. Like an Italian footballer at uh, being announced for the national teams, we're going to rap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Soccer Group Chat. Uh, oh God. No, I'm not actually going to finish that. <laughs> and you put your, no, you got to make that the, the. While I was the doing that, I put on my hat. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and also Google Play and Podbean and wherever you get your podcast. What about Spotify? And Spotify as well. Simon, thank you so much for joining. I uh, hope you uh, uh, come thanks again. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and see you next week.